Hey, how far do you think you could kick a baby? Why, hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to an open mic pain with Anthony and Wayne. We got a very special edition tonight. Uh, I said before, and I fucked it up, but I'm going to say it right this time. Fuck Wayne in the mouth. We got a good guest tonight. His name's Dan Cronin, one of our favorites, and uh, we're excited to talk to him. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yes. So we always say the guest is far more important than whichever one of us gets the intro. The set... Wayne last time was really mean about it though. We had uh, Jacques on, and he was like, "Oh, uh, a way better comic, bigger penis, better person," <laughs> and Jacques Lambert. And I was like, "Damn, I thought we were kidding." Fuck, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing really good. <laughs> I'm really excited for this one. We've been talking to Dan about coming on for what um, two months now, I think maybe a little while though. Yeah, yeah, it's been yeah. a while. So I'm glad. To, I'm glad it's finally happening. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you guys, I've been enjoying the show. I'm like you guys, just a regular guy with a job and a family and trying this new hobby. So to hear you guys talking about it has been fun. Yeah, glad to hear it. And we're really excited to hear uh, your your story, uh, how you started and all that. Um, so I guess we'll start there. Uh, how long have you been doing comedy? Well, it's very exciting, Wayne. Uh, no, I, uh, I started going to open mics in November. In November of last year. So I went to my first one. I sat and then I got up, I think, the first week of December of 22. Uh, But I had been, my brother, my younger brother got married in 18 and I was his best man and I gave a speech. And that was the first time I had, you know, like how often do you have an opportunity to to do that kind of thing, perform in in front of an audience. So Granted, this is like my aunts and cousins and everybody's drinking, so this is a little bit different, but it went really well. Um, and it's, as you guys know, it's, it's, when it works, it's terrific. So then I just thought about it and did nothing for like two years, three years. And finally, I started looking some up, and turns out, as you guys have seen, there's a quite the thriving amateur stand up comedy scene in like southern New Hampshire and northern Massachusetts. It's amazing because I've talked to some people that have been doing comedy for a while, and that's that hasn't been the case. That's very new. So we came in on the right the right time, you know. It it feels that way. I mean, again, there's uh, you talk to a lot of people that you see around some of these open mics, and uh, you know, a year, eighteen months, two years. A lot of these people are within that window. So a real renaissance, I suppose. You know, Dan, I've never said this out loud, but. We have a similar story. My brother got married around that same time, and I was the best man at his wedding. And I remember that same feeling of doing the best man speech and murdering those geezers that were over there. God damn, I murdered those geezers because we were uh, the same. I did it. It was it was definitely a bit. We uh, I went to California with my brother. We went over the San Francisco Bridge, and the the toll was nine dollars, which at the time to me was like I was writing letters to congressmen. That was the biggest fraud in America. But anyways, I did that and talked about it for about like three out of the four minutes of the best man speech. I was really fired up about it, but people loved it. And uh, my brother said that was closer to stand-up than a uh, best man speech. And I remember him saying that like, man, maybe 
Maybe that's not a mythical act that they do up there. Maybe it's possible to do it yourself. So that was like the first seed of it as well. So Wayne didn't even know that. Fuck you, it, Wayne. Well, how it, awesome is that? No, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because uh, Anthony was also the best man at my wedding. And the yeah, I didn't speech kill that there, he gave, I didn't kill. <laughs> you you did well, pretty goddamn good. You got a lot of laughs. Um, I think about that speech quite often, actually. Uh, mainly because you made fun of my hairline. But... I don't remember <laughs> that at all. I'm sure ready to, ready to fire some jokes off, right? <laughs> What's yeah, that? What did, did I roast you? Is that what you, I did? What was it, it? Oh, yeah, you roasted the hell out of me. <laughs> nice. nice. Good job, yeah. me. Right? Yeah, it was a very good job. I'm a softie. Well, now, but... my turn to ask a question to Beautiful Dan. Beautiful Dan, what was the first <laughs> venue you went to? So, I went to the laugh attic at strange brew and actually the first night i went i went on wednesday and it's open like downstairs at the regular restaurant it's like open music you know guys playing acoustic guitars and things and i sat there for 25 minutes looking around and i don't think this is it before i asked the someone they're like no that's tomorrow so (laughs) the short answer is strange brew the uh the laugh attic is strange brew with Ben up there, which I know you guys have been a few times at least. That that was my first as well. I actually think you were there on my first. I I, I remembered you for for some reason um, when I went back Eskimo there. I was brother. like, I remember this guy from the first time. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I um, yep. try not to laugh. You know, I try not to ruin every anybody's punchline by laughing at a setup, but it happens. So yeah, you got to laugh where it feels right. I mean, people aren't going to get better if they, you know. Don't get well, the true feedback. That's, that is true. That is true. So I'm trying to be supportive in that way, but not too supportive, you know. Because you're right, Wayne. It's got to be funny too, though. Right. Right. Yeah, same for for the last couple months. I've uh, really fallen in love with Manchester in particular for doing stand up, and it just seems like every time there's more and more of a receiving uh, like crowd for it. But man, do I despise my experiences at strange brew i can't get a good one over there it's not like the crowd's ever bad it's not like you know the ben the host is ever bad it's just fucking sucks to do it if you don't have the ability to put your name in like fucking eight hours before it goes on even though you're not supposed to do that man because we put we get there early <laughs> we put our name in yeah. we, we get there in line we're like fourth in line and then we're 19th up on the stage and when you're 19th there you do it to Dan because he's very, very, very nice and he stays. And uh, you try to scream it to everybody talking in the bar. Kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's usually Dan, Danny P, a couple yeah. other stragglers hanging around. And then, like you said, everybody at the bar just. True. Talking Shout out Danny P. He is great over there for um, support. Like that, he's, he's trying to pop he that shit out to Manchester. For sure. He's, he's one of the best guys to have around, for sure. He's super supportive. He's good. He's funny, uh, which uh, most importantly, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's the tough part about a popular mic, right? Where, you know, the first 15, you'll be all right. But, you know, 15 through 25 can get tough. And, uh, you know, Ben runs runs a good, it's a good room over there with Ben. And, and, you know, it can be. So you're right. Sometimes if you're, if you're 22, it can be tough. I suppose that's the, that's the pain. No, right? That that is the pain. That is the pain in OMP. <laughs> yeah, we definitely like the shittier ones worse than the better ones. 
Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I'm, that's how you grow. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm trying to uh, trying mm-hmm. to siphon in You're here. Fine. But I You're excited. It's been a week since we've Drugs. You're on what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so get off my back, spiders. <laughs> um so Dan, do you remember any of the first we're gonna ignore that. Do you remember any of the first jokes <laughs> that uh <laughs> that you did on stage and do you still do them? Uh I I do. I'm trying both of them. What I realized is what I they weren't jokes necessarily, more just ideas that I thought were funny. And I'm still trying to round them out. They're not terrible, but uh, I have a lazy eye, right? So that by itself is not a joke. You have to work that into something. So I've I've worked around that. That was one of the first ones I tried. Uh, I got a few laughs. It needs some work for sure. Uh, and we have an Alexa, so I drive my wife crazy with it because my just she'll say something and I'll go Alexa, play this song that is really has not much to do with what she actually said and it's so you know again is that a joke uh or an idea i find funny that i'm trying to try to mold into something so those are kind of like my first two bits that i tried they went all right they still need some work but uh again looking back almost a year ago now you realize you know sometimes you're able to riff and go and rant about toll prices and it's funny. Other times, you know, you have to tell a joke. Mm-hmm. But here's a little punchline. Here's a little setup and a little punchline, and you know, keep it simple. So, uh, no matter what it is, there is no better feeling, I think, than just standing up there and just doing your thing. It is fun, and you know, that's what I think back to some of those, and like I, you work through it, and it's uh, there's some funny parts in there, but again, you, you know, to put together something that's uh, cohesive and and kind of comes out is uh, it's a little more difficult. But again, I mean, for you guys have been doing what four months, four month check in recently. Yeah, so we're we're about five months now, almost six months at this point. Right. So you know you got to get up there, and uh, you're right. There is nothing like it. So and it's 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 just, it's such a strange thing because there's only one way to do it. There's really like you can rehearse and do it in the mirror or in the car. But mm-hmm. uh, you really only got those five crappy minutes a week, really, for me. So uh, try to make them count, I guess. Yeah, we're kind of in the same boat. Uh, we've been trying to get out a little more um, and do more. But, I mean, for the longest time, it's been one a week. So, I mean, that's, it, you know, as an adult with two children, you know, one night a week is appropriate, I think, unfortunately, as much as I'd love to be out. I mean, as you guys can see, you could go you could go... Four nights a week, you know, you can find a mic. Oh, yeah. Mic, so. Speaking of, yeah. we actually got uh, a Justin George, a friend of the show, did a post on Facebook recently asking for advice about how to, like, further his comedy career. And there was a lot of... Did you, did you see that, Dan? I didn't. I thought yeah, I would Yeah, I don't have Facebook, but I do bookmark two places i bookmarked the boston comedy comedians part two and new england open mics those two are awesome uh you can just go on there and and see the post on it but anyways a lot of them were really leaning on how many times you had to go a week and a lot of them seemed to be like four or five you you saw wayne what do you think about it 
Yeah, there there was definitely a lot of mixed uh, advice, but that was a big one from a lot of people. Was oh, if if you don't go four times a week, you're never going to get good. I, I think that's false. You know, I, I don't think that's true. I, I, you may not get as good as fast, but I don't think you can't not get good just going once a week or going twice a week. Uh, de- you know, it's definitely like going to the gym, right? If you're gonna, if you want to bench press 200 pounds, you got to work your way up, and the only way to do to do that is reps. You know, and mics are reps, but you could still do it over time. You know, it's just so subjective too. Like I see what they mean, and where it's like, you, I mean, if you do something four <laughs> times a week instead of once a week, you're going to be better at it. Goddamn, obviously, duh. But <laughs> they are like, this is gonna the difference between funny and not funny. And then sometimes I'm like, but you're not funny. So what 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 did that four times a week do for you if at your base fundamental level you're a human piece of shit? You just are always going to be a human piece of shit. Maybe you can transcend slightly above that, but that's all you're ever going to be. Maybe you're like some of the kids we see out there that start off in the first couple months and are lighting it up and they don't need to do it four times a week because they have the gift of gab. Right? Fuck you guys. <laughs> I mean, it's a little of both. I mean, and it depends on what you're trying to do, right? Like, if you're trying to quit your day job, then I'd say you got to be up there, you know, as much as possible. But, uh, you know, I, I hear you. I'm with you, Anthony. I mean, you if you're funny, you know, you can go once a week and still be funny. It might just take longer for it to, you know, come together. And uh, that's, you know, that's kind of where I find myself in you know, you, I'm sure you guys will find this too. You know, you go six months, you go 10 months or a year and you go, okay, I, I really wasn't sure where I was going to be. So now I have to recalibrate what I'm trying to do. And, you know, I've heard some of your pods and like, you want somebody to go, Hey, why don't you come do six, five, six minutes with me over here with a real audience? Like, that's what I'm trying to do, you know? So, uh, again, I think to get to that point, you know, you keep you keep going up, whether it's once a week or four times a week, and uh, you know, you find you know, hopefully, you find some funny stuff, and you know, work on that, put it together, and you know, maybe one day you'll get the call, or you know, with social media, you can you can you can take the first step too. I know, so, yeah, I know. I want social media so bad, and and that, but it's it's definitely like. Um... It's the dark side, man. I'm telling you, it's fucking Palpatine telling Luke to strike him down. He's like, come on, you do it. Feel your anger. Come on there. Tell tell your grandmother about <laughs> Trump and, and shit like that. It'll make you feel so good. Threw that up there for you. I don't know if you can see that. But I can't. Is that a Darth Vader helmet? Oh, sure yeah. I heard, you, I heard you and Josh last, last episode. I threw that up there. Yeah, th- <laughs> this will be my episodic why the fuck doesn't Wayne watch Star Wars. We actually want to do a skit where we bully Wayne about not liking Star Wars. Like, uh, <laughs> that'll be the bit that he's a nerd because he doesn't watch Star Wars because it's so cool now. And that would be the... Uh... <laughs> and it's swung back the other way. I like it. Yeah, uh, but uh, you like Star Wars, Dan? Not like you guys, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, again, I am I would say I'm, I'm not, you know, I would say the average person likes Star Wars, right? I've, yeah, you know, I like, I don't watch any of the new. I haven't seen any of the new stuff. Past, I haven't seen any of the new stuff, like the Mandalorian or any of that stuff. Unfortunately. All right, so you'll I've, go to the orgy. You'll put on the mask. You might take off your pants, but you're not touching anybody. I get it. 
I get it. Correct. I'm fucking Correct. fucking. I'm a great story to go home. <laughs> in there. You're in. You're yeah. God damn. Elbow right, deep. Well, sorry. Ask a question. Bring us back on track here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was I was gonna and I was gonna uh, touch upon what you said. Of, uh, I forget exactly how you worded it, but uh, we were talking about being good and, and you know wanting to perform in front of a live audience, or, you know, an actual audience or whatever. And like I said, for the longest time, you know, like we were just doing one one mic a week. And I took a class with Mike Katrobus, and at the end of that class, I got to go on stage at the Wicked Funny in North Andover. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, a couple weeks prior to that, I went out two or three times a week to brush up on the five minutes I was going to do. Sure, right. But even with that once a week for four months or five months, whatever it was at the time, I got to say that was my best five minutes I've done. And a room full of 60 people, a majority of them were laughing at every point I wanted them to laugh at. It's a wild so, what happened, right? Yeah. yeah and it, it felt fucking awesome. It was great. It was, it was one of the best nights I've had. Of my life so far, it was, it was so much fun. I got a tear in my what does that say? <laughs> what, what does that say to the to the people who think you have to go up f- four times a week to to do something like that? You know, I mean, I didn't get picked to, to go there, but I still got sure. the opportunity to go on stage. And I, sure, I, I would I say it's, it. it's. I would say it's probably different, a little bit different for everyone, and. Again, like Anthony said, of course, the more you can practice something, the better you're going to get more quickly, right? But uh, that's how I prepare. Like you had, you knew this thing was coming up, right? So you prepared. You, you thought after four or five months, I have these are the four or five things that I can put together that I think have worked the best. I'm going to put them together. I'm going to work on them, and then, like, I, I think that's a helpful thing to have. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you you kind of take stock of it and you go okay this has worked and you know rearranging things and then you try and put it together and then uh, again a, an audience that's there to consume comedy is is different than you know eleven fifteen on a Thursday night with a bunch of dudes who are waiting you know who just told their jokes or are waiting so uh, you're right when they laugh you know it. Uh, not saying it's an easy thing to do, but again, you can do it once a week. And if you're practicing, like you said, if you know it works, you you know you practice it. Um, and uh, so again, the more you can do it, obviously, the better. But you know, you can get there. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Also, I think another thing to to kind of keep in mind is everybody is everybody progresses differently, like kids, right? You know, some kids walk at 11 months, some don't walk until a year and a half and the potty training. So everybody advances in different ways and in different uh, time frames. So four mics a week or, or whatever is not going to work as well for some. Well, it, would, it would always work better, but isn't necessary for some, I the guess. kids nod off the paint all over the top of my crib. What do you think that is? <laughs> do you think that's slow or fast? I'm progressing. I think that's I genetics from out. you. <laughs> yeah, he literally like the whole <laughs> rail on the top, wherever his face could be, is like carved in like old Aztec faces into it with his teeth. It's not good <laughs> that he does that. I don't think, but I'm also impressed. So I don't know what uh, direction to go with it. I try to tell him. I look at him. He's he's just uh, just an old beaver like me. All right, sorry. <laughs> Oh, man. 9-11 was a hoax. All right, go ahead. 
<laughs> so uh, you mentioned uh, your first mic was Strange Brew. I know you've been. I've seen you. Well, we hung out at six oh three. Yep. Um, at that time, I think those were the only two you'd done. Have you been to any other ones? So uh, I've been since to Clementos. You guys have been to Clementos, right? Yeah. Right. So Derek Zeba does Clementos on Mondays. I did that a few times when Ben, I think he was having his baby, but there was a few weeks that the strange rule was off. And then I yeah. went there, but Wednesdays and Thursdays work better. Wednesdays particularly, but... Those are the three that I had been to, and then a month ago I went to the safe for the first time because oh, you did actually end up going. I, was, uh, I did go, I did, and I was I was preparing for something, and I wanted a new audience, and yeah. I've heard only good things about the safe. I went, I saw some familiar faces, uh, and it was it was good. It was uh, you know if it were closer, it's it were, if it were closer I would go again for sure, but it's hard. It, uh, Strange Brew and Six Hundred Three are very close. They're by far the closest for me, so I'll get back down there again, but uh, so those, I think the, those are the four that I've been to here in, like I said, uh, the greater Manchester area, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. What, what's your favorite out of those, uh, you know, distance aside? Uh, I I couldn't, I mean, I, I would only be able to really choose between 603 and Strange Brew because I've I've only been to the safe once and Clementos maybe two or three times, but they both have their merits is what I would say. I yeah. like the openness of 603. I like, you know, if you have a full room over there at Strange Brew, it's like a real comedy room. It's terrific. Um, so, I, again, I wouldn't, you know, I I like them both. You yeah. know, I'm such a, I'm such a softie. I can't, I can't pick. Yeah. I need, them, I honestly, I need them both. I haven't been to Strange Brew in what feels like a month now, mm-hmm. but, you know, my schedule may dictate over the next month that no Wednesdays for, you know, whatever, you know, family or otherwise. So luckily I, I, luckily those are local for me. So I'll keep, those are my two favorites. Strange, like you guys. Strange Brew might be a different animal now with all those guys going out to uh, Colorado. There was uh, what, six or seven of them that went out, right? And then they were all staples on, on. Yes. Uh, a handful of those guys had been coming around for about that, you know, that year to plus uh, a lot of young, funny guys. uh, And they're all moving out to Colorado. I'm sure they're going to do great, but yeah, it's, you know, a bit of a brain drain as they say, but, uh, you know, I think it'll, I think it, there's a lot of, like we said, there's a budding community here of young people wanting to do comedy, which I don't want to say I'm still surprised about, but it is kind of wild when you see how deep this network goes. So I think it'll be all right. It's a crazy, um, it's a crazy thing, a crazy community that people don't really know it's there. Like, you, you know, you start you really to learn people's names. You, know, you start diving into this, and again, you have to get into Massachusetts and the greater Boston area now. There's, uh, or Portland, you know, up in Maine, too. But, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's so much. There's a lot. And uh, you try and do some networking. I mean, this is, uh, like I said, what you guys are doing is great, because you're help, helping spread the word about local comedy here, and, and everybody, you know, everybody benefits from that. Yeah, if that's you told one me of our a goals. year ago that I would be doing stand-up comedy in a hollowed ground, which is a speakeasy that literally has a light above it and a code to get into it, a strange brew, which is a, an attic above a dive bar, and then <laughs> uh, the safe, which is a old gay bar that the which is a literal basement. Like, think about 
a basement gay bar and what horror has gone down in there i don't like amazing <laughs> things too but the stairs of the the concrete stairs of that building tell a story and uh <laughs> And we did, that's, why, that's why we didn't know it, it existed. It's like we're in that fucking underworld movie with the vampires and shit. Like you have no idea they're there, but we're we're there. We're fucking. I was surprised to walk. I I saw some familiar faces out front. I said in here, and I walked to the door. They said, "Yep." And then I realized it was down the stairs. So it's uh, the energy there is good for sure. But uh, you know, we'll keep it present. I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> most of us. <laughs> <laughs> mm. There's a f- there's a few that might have frequented that place beforehand. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on a bit about uh, gay folks because they uh, the respect I have for the skill they develop and the tenacity that they go after it. Um, I'm watching. Um, Bullshit high. I don't know if you guys have seen that BS high on uh, HBO Max about this guy who just took no, he had no high school, and then he invented a high school scamming wise and brought all these kids in and ended up playing a football game on ESPN. It was insane. Scammed everybody. (laughs) But I respected the tenacity. Like to get the guys up there and to do that, I thought it was crazy. So. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is that uh, huge respect for those folks. I gotta, I, I'm, I'm trying to do a joke w- while tributing the best way possible how much love I have for them. Well, I hope uh, I hope my message didn't come off as anything other than that. But uh, of course, no, I would have shamed you. I, I would have shamed Game of Thrones style shamed you if you did that. Oh, obviously, good. okay, <laughs> right. just the way so- I like it. <laughs> So you, Dan, you had mentioned when you went to the safe, you were um, you were you were working on something. You had something coming up. Um, I told you I was going to mention this. Yes. Uh, so you did a guest spot at a legitimate show, and yes. I'm really well, we curious talk- to hear how that came about, how it went, what you did, um, what you thought, you know, how, how it was different from a Strange Brew or a Clementos. Sure. So when I in March, I went to one of those shows at the Riverwalk where the guys we mentioned who went to Colorado had been, they had put on six or seven shows there, or they had agreed, they had, you know, worked out an understanding there where they were going to put on seven or eight shows there. And so I'd been coming around and I went down to see it. It's a great room. They had, it's a, it's a little coffee shop. So they have pastries, coffee, and they have a full bar. And if it's packed out, you could probably fit 60 or 70 people in there. Um, but that would be like standing and really packed. But uh, 50 or 40 or 50 would fit more than comfortably, and it would be a full room. They have a nice stage. And we had a great time. Uh, so some of those guys, Paul Boric and and some of the guys you would see around there, Sam Mangano, uh, Gil, Gil C- Gilman Seymour, um, and so after a couple of, so a few months later, I had put together what I had felt like were a pretty solid few weeks in a row. And then I, I was feeling pretty good about it. And so I shot Paul Bork a DM and said, hey, man, I've been, you know, we've seen each other around. I went to that Riverwalk show. If you ever have a spot, just please keep me in mind. 
And that was, I don't know, late May maybe. And then a couple months later, you know, we had seen each other, bumped into each other a couple of times since then. And then he sent me a message back and said, hey, are you still interested? And of course I said, absolutely. And so this was the last one they did as a group before they they left. That was a couple Thursdays ago. And it was terrific. Great, like I said, great little room. There was probably 35 or maybe 40 people there. I had a few friends and family who came, eight or nine. Uh, and like you had said, when I, like, I, as soon as I knew, you know, as soon as he, I was like, all right, what, like, I got to put together my best five to six and a half minutes. And I had a, a few things that, like I said, I was, I kind of felt pretty good about. And uh, I worked on them then for like the next three weeks. And that's when I went to the safe. I almost went to one Broadway too. Because I wanted a new audience, right? I had done mm-hmm. a lot of stuff at Strange Brew. I had done a lot of it at 6.03. So I went down to the safe one night. And then I was thinking about going there, but just scheduling-wise, it was tough. Well, one Broadway is good for, for feedback. Um, you know, Sometimes the feedback's not good or not what you want. doesn't fit for you, sure. but sometimes it's really good. You're not going to go there and, and say, oh, I got a lot of laughs on that. Because uh, sure. they're, they're, it, it's kind of like uh, like one of those movie scenes where – you know, somebody's in college and they're trying to like present something, and all the professors are like, "Mm-hmm, yes." <laughs> you're like, "Fuck." But. I have heard that it's a little bit different, so I, I still, again, like every time I hear about one, I want to check it out. So, I mean, I'm living it's, vicariously through you guys, but um, it's definitely but, worth going to. I, I, I liked it. I like it a lot. I, I, I'm going to go back. Um, I don't. Well, you I get don't good know. tape. That's what you need. You well, that get a really good tape, right? That's that's a big part of it too. So yeah, I mean. Again, I, like I said, I did. I was. I. I didn't end up going, but I tried to find a couple of new audiences to do it in front of, and then I kind of knew that it was going to work. And then I practiced it, so I knew it cold. And and for me, that's a big deal. Like as far as getting on stage and being confident in the delivery of it, which is a big deal. So I felt like I having weeks to prep for it. I knew it pretty cold. And again, it's uh, you know, when it's a real audience, you know, you get you get kind of that first laugh and that really kind of puts you at ease and you, you can just roll right into your stuff. And if you're prepared with it, it it flows pretty easily from there. And if, you know, if they're laughing, it's, you know, all of a sudden you're walking off and it's like, what, what, what just happened? Yeah. It's uh, I think, I think Anthony mentioned it a long time ago in one of the early episodes, but five minutes is a really long time, like to get up and talk. Right. But when you get on stage, it's like 180 miles an hour through the tunnel. It's like, boom, next thing you know, you're walking off and you're like, what, did I even speak? What was that? So it went, it went pretty well. You always have to temper it when you have friends and family around because, of course, you know, they, yeah. they're they slightly biased. But, uh, no, it went great. It was a good time. It was, you know, good to, you know, see those guys off one more time. I think they're going to do well for themselves, young comedians out in Colorado. So, mm-hmm. but, I mean, again, like I... I agonized over, like, he was, these guys are in their mid-20s, I'm 40, right? So, like, I'm going to send this guy a DM telling him, like, hey, man, I really like your comedy, what do you think? So, it's a weird dynamic, it's it's a strange hobby, but, and you see all comers, young guys, guys like our age, older guys show up, women are allowed to, please come, ladies, so it's not (laughs) all the time, um... But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a very different thing. But that's kind of you know, like I said, sometimes as I'm sure you know, Wayne, you got to ask. If you don't ask, then uh, 
the answer I, I always know. Yeah, I was actually just going to say that as as like a as a tip for this episode because you did it. It's just just to ask because that's one of my favorite sayings: is the answer is always no if you don't if you if you don't ask. Right. Um, Ew. What do you mean? Ew. That's that's Ew. true. Ew. That is that is what a guy with shackles on wearing orange behind a table says to a detective when he's asking him why he did the horrendous things that he did. <laughs> oh, if if you don't ask, she can't say yes. So she's got duct tape on her mouth. Like, God damn, man. You, no, you don't. Sometimes you don't go up to people. Like, what if they're eating dinner? You don't ask them something then because they're eating dinner or something like that. Many times when you shouldn't ask somebody something, you know who says you should always ask people for stuff? Pieces of shit. And I think I'm looking through a lens at one, perhaps two, because you know, you're like, yeah, totally, Wayne. You should ask everybody for everything. You should okay. never do anything yourself. Sorry, go ahead, Wayne. Well, you know who was on a book show and who wasn't? Dan was on a book show because he oh. fucking asked. Anthony I'm not wasn't saying you don't get did. things when you ask people for stuff. Like, the guy down the street's got so many fucking nickels in his cup. How many nickels do you got? That guy's got like 6,000 nickels. You know how he got it? <laughs> Asking people for nickels. Tell You're me such respect a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just mad because literally every piece of tape I've sent to anybody has they I've seen that they've watched it. I know you watch it because I get a view count. I see that you watch it. But then they don't say anything to me. And sometimes they're like engaging before I send the video. And then it's like when a girl's like, oh, send me your picture. And then you send it and then you never hear from her again. I've gotten that like fucking 10 times in a row. And then Dan doesn't even send the guy tape. Just is like, hey, I'm a lovable guy. And the guy's like, yeah, hey, I come do comedy now. And uh, I'm bitter. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I can tell your lack of sleep has, has kicked back in since your reprieve last week. My little guy. Yeah, it sure has, man. I got four <laughs> fucking nights of sleep in a row. It was like, um, it was like I drowned and I went to heaven for uh, a little while, uh, and I got to like see that it had nothing to do with God, and it was all about like mushroom gods fucking my mouth and stuff like that. I was like, oh, this is fucking incredible. And then I came back <laughs> in, and it was my wife and kids saving me, and I was like, no. Oh, fucking send me back. <laughs> so I'm back. Shit. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks. So speaking of it. speaking of uh, wives, how old are your kids, Dan? My oldest is five. My youngest will be three in two months. So, so they're probably not familiar with your comedy. Uh, no, <laughs> no. No, but they are the basis of a lot of it because, man, are they assholes. So they they talk a lot of shit around the house, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm right in the middle. I, I got a four-year-old, so I have your right. average and, yeah, asshole. Love him to death. He's a good kid, but there of are course, days, man. Of course. I mean, they're terrific. But wh honestly, the the problem that I'm that I'm running into is that half, at least half of it, I – you know, but I realized after a little while, like, oh, I do that too. I I do that, so I'm mm. the asshole. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you learned it somewhere, unfortunately. So uh, it's you know, it's humbling. It sure is. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, I started trying to tell jokes about you know music and other things, but like you have to kind of draw I found I've found personally that you have to draw from real life a little bit and so the kids you know again like I'm just I 
I'm dialed into what they're saying, especially the youngest is like, he's, he's talking now a lot, but he's bad at it and mm-hmm. it can be pretty fun. So, uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, two and two, three and, and five. So it's a handful, but you know, God bless you. That's going to be Anthony in three years. It's funny. It's different. It's challenging in a different way. Anthony, like I sleep, I sleep all night long. Right, but these these jerks talk back now. So it's uh, yeah. <clears throat> right Hopefully now, they like son, I guess. My son could be Richard Ramirez during the day. He could be the day stalker, and he could go around and kill all kinds of people. But if at night he sleeps, I'll still love him. He could in turn cure cancer during the day, but <laughs> not sleep at night, and I'll fucking hate him. It's really the only <laughs> pinnacle of what I need out of this fucking life is to sleep because it's so good. It's so Wait, much you're better. What, than two, your youngest is what months? Couple months? Yeah, he's a, he's like a, a football throw away from me, right outside the shades of the lights, and he's wrapped up like a potato that you can't mash because people get real mad about that. Uh, and he's just sitting, <laughs> <laughs> he's just sitting there. Proud upon. Yeah. In some countries, um, yeah. So uh, it gets man. better and also <laughs> worse. So yeah. it'll be good. You, you know, it's funny you talk about mashing babies. I, I have, <laughs> I have a customer. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a sales guy. I'm an outside sales guy. So my job is to go to different shops, and you know, I've, I've made a lot of friends over the years, and um, two of these friends are some brothers that work right around the corner. Uh, their their shop is right around the corner from my house. And I walk in there one day and they thought they were going to try to um, catch me off guard. And this is a little bit before they knew what kind of fucked up mind I have. I walked in and I was like, Hey guys, what's going on? And one of them looks at me and goes, Hey, how far do you think you could kick a baby? And my response was, well, could I leverage my foot under its tummy or do I have to kick it from like a stand? <laughs> <laughs> They don't, know they, don't know. they don't know. They don't know who they're messing with. They don't know. They don't know. I, I mean, if you leverage it, that's fucking boom. See you later. Well, dropkick I found works best. <laughs> yeah, probably. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> who, is the, who is the guy that uh, do? Do you like the Patriots, Dan? I mean, again, not as much as I did before I had kids, uh, but oh. of course, of course, every person who isn't a huge uh piece of shit like you two who is out there listening like the patriots will know and be really doug flutie whoo thank god doug flutie did the drop kick uh and if that was a baby i think it also would have been good man that would have been so much better of a joke if i remember doug flutie right away damn flutie flakes that's right Oh, Wayne's fucking in the middle of his glasses. Sorry, Wayne. I, I had no, no, you're fine. I had my mic muted, so you didn't hear all the clanking in my glasses. All get, getting glare from my uh, beauty lights over here. <laughs> you just said grasses. <laughs> you're like my grasses. Just <laughs> <Is it> grasses. <laughs> you might as well have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. Don't make it harder to edit this for me, please. <laughs> I'm not. Listen. <laughs> I just find it fascinating when something so like imagine if I had to take my eyeballs out and like polish them because it's exactly what you're doing 
and uh, someone walked in. You're like, oh, and you had to worry about that all the time. <laughs> like, I feel so bad. Like I, I uh... what do you just have? You have perfect vision? No, I have terrible vision, but I will never, ever, ever uh, fucking. <laughs> I just lie to people that I could see. Like everybody's like, "Oh, look! Uh, does this look good?" Sure, it sure does. All I see are blurs and uh, little fucking mushroom. Uh, what are they called? Machine elves. That's all I can see nowadays. But I won't wear glasses because I don't have to like polish them and shit. And... <sighs> like that fucking thing. Oh. Uh, it's the worst. I have yeah. a little. I have a little polishing rag right here next to me. Yeah. Do you ever gr- like grapple? with the urge to come on those by accident because it's the only thing around you. Like, I gotta either get up or I gotta ruin this polish rack. I hadn't. I hadn't, but I kind of am now. I just could imagine. It would just be wasteful. Because it's like, think about it. It's a mega Kleenex. It's like the the ultimate Tom Brady wanted to wear a single pair of socks every, every day for the rest of his life type of thing. Imagine coming on a mega Kleenex like that. I'm just saying. Awesome. So my the industry I work in is uh, manufacturing. So I go into a lot of machine shops, and some of them have a lot of um, like coolant mist and oil mist in the air, and my glasses get all like uh, g- like greasy and oily. I imagine that's what yours would be like if you accidentally did that and then cleaned your glasses. Mm. Yeah, it's like that uh, <laughs> orange soap there with the grit in it. <laughs> that's exactly. Oh yeah, the, exactly the Gojo, right. those fast orange and Gojo with the pu- the pumice. Yeah, definitely, dude. Give me some carrots. We'll get some fast orange right across the face. That's for fucking sure. We. <laughs> I gotta say, there's a there's a wealth of bits. Uh, so Dan, you probably know Anthony and I used to work at an auto parts store together. Right. For how long did you work there? Four years. Yeah, I left to go to a chicken pot pie place from a pedophile who called me Roger. Um, and... <laughs> Very good move. Yeah, straight up, and uh, that's it. I didn't, I'm not embellishing at all. That's exactly what happened. Um, and anyways, I went to him, uh, and I was like, "I'm leaving this uh, auto parts store because you're a piece of shit, boss." And also, that Wayne guy's gay. Anyways, I went over to the uh, chicken pot pie place, and within three days, that guy, he was like, "Roger, you're retarded. You have to leave." And that uh, I didn't make it. Uh, but he did say only one out of ten boys make it through to having a full-time position there and i was like where did the rest of them go and he's like you don't want to know and that was the last of that i had to go back to the auto parts boss uh and say hey i have blacked out the last two weeks because i have ptsd ptsd of of being there and i think bad things happened but i don't want to talk about them can i have my job back and uh, he said yes. So what I'm trying to say is I don't know how much time it was, but there was a nice little life-altering <laughs> sabbatical in the middle there. Well, I- I'm going to say I think Gordon might actually listen to this. I'm not sure. <laughs> hey, Gordon. Just know I should have stayed with you. My, uh, it's like in the movie where there there's foreshadowing right before the – like don't go in that door. You know not to go in the door with the sweaty big fat guy who makes the pot pies and he only stays in the back room and the back room has no furniture or anything. He just sits in a fold-out chair in front of the ovens where he makes the pot pies. <laughs> and he tells you to go back there to talk to him and he's on an intercom and shit like that. <laughs> but it was 15 bucks an hour back then. And again, 
I know. That's what they do in the horror movies, and then you get in there and it all goes to hell. But yeah, <laughs> should have said something, Gordon. So where I was going with that was in that four, <laughs> in that four years, we had a wealth of shit that happened in that store. It was so it was in, uh, in on Chelmsford Street in Lowell. Okay. And the wall was all glass. So we saw everything going on in the store and outside of the store. There is a wealth of bits there. I think we need to have a whole episode just reminiscing about that because we would have probably a three hours worth of uh, material. Uh, I forgot why I was saying that. Oh, we were talking about the pumice. There was something with <laughs> right. the pumice. that yeah. I, forget what the, I forget what the hell it was, but we had this one guy that would call up and he would, what the fuck did he call it? He called it something super outrageous. I was, that's what I was going to ask Anthony, but um, I don't know. He's probably going to check on his mashed up baby. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. We'll okay. ask him when he gets back. So I'll, I'll ask you now because Anthony, I think, might hate this question. Your wife, does she think you're funny? Yes, she does, but only like three out of ten times. You know, she, you're doing better than me, bro. She like <clears throat> it's more theory with her. Like she knows that I'm funny, and sometimes she'll laugh with me. But again, she, I tell a lot of people it's a numbers game, and a lot of times there are a lot of misses. There are a lot of misses to get to. You know, I'm not even really a big baseball guy, but 300 gets you into the Hall of Fame. And I think jokes are similar. you got to tell 10 jokes to get maybe two or three good ones. And unfortunately for my wife, she she has to put up with a lot of misses. But luckily for me, she does ultimately think I'm funny. She's very supportive. But I also try and shield her when I can. As a good husband does. Right? Again, like... I'll run stuff by her, too, though, because I... She also, it has to be funny too. Like she, mm-hmm. if it's something silly uh, and it's only silly to like me and a, a smaller group, you know, she'll, she's, she's good to have in that way. So, uh, I, you know, you know what I've started doing? I, I write, I, I, I write on my laptop and I do mm-hmm. it on, um, I sit at my kitchen table and I just, you know, she's, she's in the other room watching something. I'll just sit there and type away and. I wait till she's uh, she comes and says goodnight, and she starts to walk to go upstairs to go to bed, and then I go, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And then I pull out my most heinous shit that I know she won't want to think about, <laughs> and um, that's usually a good way to judge the reaction. And I send her to bed. I like with it. Those thoughts. I like it. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty good. I mean, oh, so. But the the dynamic for you guys is you're you make the joke when your wife ultimately doesn't think you're that funny. It's not a joke. I'm I'm not trying to be funny. That no, she ult, she has told me before. I don't really think you're that funny. And I said that's fine. You don't have to. Oh I love that she's honest with me. God. And well, so okay. I, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Um. <laughs> this is. So, <laughs> Ah, uh, my God, my body got pre-orgasm warm. You know that? Like, <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, is this post being a comic? She said this? Or pre? <clears throat> Both. That's, that's good. That's Both. <laughs> but in the, oh, like, hey, her. listen, what you're doing right it- now, I'm not buying it. <laughs> yeah, no, so, so let, let me kind of clarify here. So, she her her sense of humor is not my sense of humor. Uh, a lot of jokes do go over her head. Um, 
but obviously, I mean, Dan, you've seen me. I've, I've got more uh, blue jokes. It's not really her style, which is fine. Um, as time has gone on, actually, she has a few times been like, all right, that's pretty funny. I like that. But overall, she doesn't like my style of humor. I guess it's not that she doesn't think I'm funny. She doesn't like my, my style of humor. You said yeah, she said you're not and funny. They're... Did that happen? Did that happen, Wayne? Answer. answer <laughs> yeah, that has happened. Podcast. That oh. has happened. Um, yeah, I'm but every wife says to a happened. husband, says, like, you're not funny. Like, especially when I'm doing the baby mashing jokes. Uh, I definitely. Well, no, like. <laughs> yeah. I also yeah. say a lot, though, about wives is they've heard even your best stuff. A million times. So, like, if you're in mixed company, if you're at a cocktail party and you're going to tell a story and you know it's a good one, like, she's sitting there going, all right, here we go with this one again. That's true. Works. And if it's a new audience, it works. It's, you know, but, uh, so, again, they, uh, you know, it's, I, I'm with you, though, Wayne. Like, she's not always into that, my brand of humor, right? Like, she's mm-hmm. not, she, you know. She prefers to keep it a little cleaner, which I understand. And um, but you know that's comedy, right? It, your style is not for everyone, and that's that's everybody. So, like, that's I'm why not. We have... I'm pretty. Again, I'm pretty middle of the road. Like, I don't. I'm not clean. I would say, but like, I'm not. I'm not Wayne going top rope with my my balls. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I. But it's in there. You know what I mean. Um, the- that's the beautiful thing about comedy. That's why we have like a carrot top, and uh, and we have a um, uh, Louis C.K.'s. We have the Jerry Seinfelds, and we have the uh, Gringo Poppies. You know, because <laughs> some people just don't like real comedy. Man, Dan, have you seen Gringo Poppy? <laughs> no. That's Brendan Schaub's. Uh, he calls it a special, but it's twenty-five minutes. And uh, I've been trying to, because we're going to do a, a show on it, so I've been trying to watch it, and it hurts to watch it. Like, it fucking hurts. This is a professional comedian? And yeah, Brendan no. Schaub, uh, he was an MMA fighter. Like, what do you say, think? Like, do you think it's it's designed to be that way? Like, agonizing no. comedy in that way? Or no. Like- no, no, he's trying really hard. He's trying really hard. Uh, he was friends with Joe Rogan. That's how he got famous, and he was on the podcast. So he's been doing comedy for like eight, nine years, I guess, at this point. And this I may recognize year. it. I, again, with kids, you never know. There's a lot out there. But, uh... Yeah, it's a quick aside, but just the world. Uh, we're going to talk about it in more depth. But um, just like the chicken pot pie guy, this is really going to put a scar on me. <laughs> <laughs> this special is going to put a gringo size scar on me. Like that gringo did to me in the past. <laughs> uh, well, I think I'll, I'll maybe I'll pass that. I think I've heard it up. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. You can just live vicariously through us when that drops. I'll keep yeah. that up. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I do have a question. I, I the last time I saw you, you did you did a decent chunk about like old school rappers. I don't remember the jokes. Okay. I was so pumped about that because I. Yeah, I yeah because I knew you would understand one of my references, which okay. Anthony went hearing this joke for so long. It was the joke I I do about the Boston accent and not being able to sound. Uh, I don't think you can sound racist. At the end, I say if you don't know, now you know. Yes, I do. And, I heard it that night too. Yeah, it, yeah, it was that night. So when I, I you went up, I think right before me, or yeah. a couple before me, and I was yeah. like, oh, he's doing old school rappers. He's gonna get it. I was so pumped. I was like shadow boxing. I was. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was yeah, really, really good. I didn't get it after the fact. Uh, yeah, I was ashamed too. I was like, God, this hack piece of shit. <laughs> like, <I'm thinking> uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> the funny part to me, Wayne, is what I think works for me sometimes is like I'm I look like such a stiff white guy, and I am in so many ways. But that's I, what I love about it. You don't well, strike me as a fan of that type of music. So uh, here you go up on stage and just like talk about it and joke. Like it's like this is fucking awesome. Well, and again, like I I. I I'm a, I like music. I'm a person, so like I enjoy music. But so I do listen to. I, I used to. I don't listen to any new new music anymore, unfortunately. But that was a huge chunk of it for me, you know, growing up. So I'm well versed in that, also. But when I heard you do it, I go, "You have that thing where it made me laugh." In part because I'm like, this guy talking about Biggie lines is funny, just in and of itself. Uh, but it was good. It was it was. The, it was a, the perfect punchline for your little joke there. I was almost, not almost, I was mad for a split second because it was good and it was in my lane, and then I got over it and I laughed. It was great. It was great. Well, that's it. That's a big compliment. I appreciate that. Well, you know, that's one, Wayne. I got one. I got one tonight. <laughs> I get berated every episode. I got one compliment. I like it. Did you ever break dance, Dan? And also, hold on real quick. Wayne, shut the fuck up. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not at any, no. I mean, I will, I have no problem getting on the dance floor, but breakdancing, no. My younger brother is a very good dancer, hmm. but more more the robot than breakdancing. Okay, good. Well, that's a big part of breakdancing is a robot, I think. Yeah, I just, um, I don't. There's something that you gotta pair that love of old school rap with, with your persona that I'm just not checking. Cause yeah, I get it, you like rap, but but there's something else to it. Like, it's either like you know Dexter, like he he likes to play certain music when he murders his victims or something like that. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's the last thing someone hears in your basement rap. And that's why you like rap so much. Did you grow up I in do a? Like in a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Honestly, for a while, like it felt like not like because some of the jokes I had were direct, like lyrics. I would say, you know, and that was I was telling you guys a little bit uh, at one point. We have an Alexa, right? So like, I'll hear my wife say something, and I'll ask Alexa to play a song, right? And so I would directly say, you know, a full line from a song, and it almost felt like not like you were lifting a joke, but how much of that is somebody else's actual material and. If the last word before the laugh is someone else's line, I like it's still funny, but you know, again, I, I, I agree with you, Anthony. There's more to work with there that's not directly lifting and relying on you know the line itself, but uh, I haven't quite that's why it. I hated Wayne's bit, but it was before I because that, that's the only thing I focused on was the last line of his bit was the thing, but it wasn't he was uh he made it clever in a way that worked because he uh, didn't have to say the N word out loud, uh, but he got it in there anyways, which is, well, and that's that again, that, comedy. that's, you know, the, a nice little capper and, and, you know, part of my joke, like I said, was just, it was kind of rattling through a few different ones. So there's ways to do it. And like, there's ways to talk about it. I think that I'm still excited to try and work through, but uh, I always appreciate the feedback, you know, cause again, there's, 
it makes people laugh. And, uh, you know, you, you try and cast a wide net. And whether you're into hip-hop or uh, whatever you're into, music is, I think, a big one. So, uh, you know, we'll try it from a different angle, I guess, you know? Yeah, you definitely got to cast a wide net, man. Uh, my first couple jokes were such a shallow net of cum that didn't catch any fish. Only made me look really bad. Wayne, too, definitely, for sure. Both of us. We we were in the same fishing boat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, so, Dan, we what, what's the without the H. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? What? So, Dan, what's what's next for you? Uh, like, what's your what are your goals? What do you like? Uh, you know, now you're doing the open mics. You got that that book show under your belt. Like, what what uh, where do you yeah. see yourself in a year, two years, five years? It's a good question. I mean, I'll continue. So, I did that show, right? So, I feel like I kind of have that five minutes. So, I'll continue to go back to the open mics and try and get some new jokes. You know, I've been trying to work on that a little bit. And I'll probably proposition someone else soon to say, hey, I, like, I found that way I can be, not that I've earned this right, but, like, I can be choosy about it to go, if I had, if it were up to me, I'd like to go to this river walk because I've I've seen a show there. I know what it, what it when it goes well, what it looks like. And that's something I'd like to be a part of. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to say yes, but like I know there's a couple coming up with some of the, some of the different people who who put on some shows that I go. This is pretty local to me. This I think you know uh, for you know a number of reasons that this might be a fit for me, and I'm not afraid to you know send somebody an email and say, hey, I got five to ten minutes that I feel comfortable with, and you know I think I could, you know, if you're interested, you know, let me know kind of thing. So I'll probably again proposition someone again pretty soon when I feel like I've got a couple. I want a couple new jokes after doing this last set, right? Like, I feel pretty good mm -hmm. about it. But, uh, so that's it. I mean, I'll just try to, try to come up with some new jokes. Yeah. Hey, I, I think someone to keep in mind, uh, you said you listened to the episode with Jacques. Um, we went to the Mondo comedy at uh, Luna Theater. I heard. Uh, Greg Bogus. Right. Um, he, right, right off the bat when he came on stage, he said, you know, this is a, a chance for you to see a, you know, a good headliner some good, you know, middling acts. And he also likes to give people a shot to actually get on a stage in front of real people. Um, so I, I, I talked to him a little bit. Um, hopefully I'll be helping him out there. I'm trying to work that with, uh, you know, Anthony and, and a, a couple other people, but he might be a good one to reach out to. I mean, he, he's all about just, Hey, let's, let's have a good time and try I some appreciate stuff. That. I, I was actually curious because I know you took that, you went to that seminar, whatever it was. I was, I'm interested, you know, I don't, I don't know what uh, the scheduling is like or if it's, do they do, is it something they run? Well, so the, the Mondo theater was separate from the seminar. Um, oh, it was, okay. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's in mill number five. Um, sure. Right around the corner from, co um, uh, the safe. Okay. That's where they have the coffee and cotton. So that was mic. separate. Okay. Yep. So the last Thursday of every month, Greg Bogus runs a, a show. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, you can pay I've ten or fifteen bucks. Yeah, so okay, so I'm sorry, I was confused because you and Jacques were talking about both. But yes, okay, yeah. so okay, go but ahead. Mike Katrobus is another good one. Um, you know, if you're on Facebook, keep, keep an eye on him, follow him. Um, he does those those shows. Uh, I'm sorry, the the classes, like the hosting class that I took. Right. I think he's doing another one that might be sold out, but I'm sure if it's sold out, he's going to do more. Right. Um, 
and uh, he also does like uh, actual comedy classes, which are a little more in depth, I believe. But yeah. um, I mean that that's really great. But yeah, I mean the Greg Bogus thing, the, that that theater was so cool. It's like an old school movie theater. Nice. It's got the old red chairs that like the you know you sit down. And it's got the the wooden cup holders, and it's just it's a really cool aesthetic, really cool place for comedy. And like I said, Greg's all about nurturing new talent. Uh, it seems so. Might be somebody to reach out to. Like I said, if uh, you know, I uh, that's kind of I, I've done it once now, and it ended up working out. I think maybe luck worked in my favor a little bit, but uh, I will take that. I will take that advice. So I appreciate that, and uh, that's what you guys are doing out here. Spread spread the word. Yeah, we're trying it was to luck you know, it's... and blind pure beauty, Dan. God damn it, that's what it was. <laughs> so don't sell yourself short. So what do you guys say we wrap this fucking thing up unless, Wayne, you obviously have another 45 minutes of questions? No, no, I, I, um, I, I don't have much more other than, uh, Dan, do you, like, where can people find you? Um, I, know you I know you're on Facebook and Instagram and all that, but this is, is there anything thing. that you want people to see? Anything, anywhere I mean, you could be that? I, I appreciate you. It's a weird thing. I, ha I have an Instagram dcb joking if you want to follow <laughs> me there and i go like i said hopefully someone over the next two months will invite me to a real show otherwise i'll be going to open mics in the greater manchester area so you know i appreciate you guys having me on hopefully we'll see you guys in person at one of these coming up and uh keep up the good work yeah well we appreciate the support we appreciate you coming on we'll definitely have you on again this has been an awesome awesome time I've had a good wow, we're coming up to an hour. It feels like it's only been 15 minutes. We're just crossed an hour. So my wife's going to be bummed when I come upstairs. She's like, that, that's it? <laughs> you can sit down <laughs> there another, yeah. like, two, three days. <laughs> but don't worry, because us us and Dan, we'll, we'll, we're going to put Dan in the middle of us. Uh, I'm going to hold one hand. Wayne's going to hold the other. And we're going to stroll down the path for the quest for laughs. You didn't know where I was going with that, but I was going for the outro. Woo! Got him. Do you ever, like, grapple with the urge to come on those by accident because it's the only thing around you? Like, I gotta either get up or I gotta ruin this polish right I hadn't. I hadn't, <laughs> but I kind of am now. <laughs>